Welcome to another episode, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here to, to attribute to my uh, friend and uh, former partner, Denny Eckes, Dennis W. Eckes. He's been gone since 1991, but made a huge impact in our industry, uh, was, a, was a key player even before he and I got together in, in uh, summer of 78, actually. I'm going to do something that I haven't done, uh, but I'm going to do it here because it's probably the best way to, to get through it. But I actually wrote a tribute to him in the owner's box of the issue 75 of our baseball magazine back in April of, uh, but probably that was May of, of uh, 1991. So I, I don't like it when people read, but I'm going to try to read this uh, quickly and give you the content and um, and then expound on that. So. Uh, so this is for me, what I wrote 28 years ago. And I, I, I've joked about how, you know, some of these owners boxes, Pepper and Mike Payne and some of these guys would write, write things for me. But this, this probably was, was, was written by me. Uh, so I said, most people dread April 15th because of income tax implications. I, however, will forever be sad on that day for a different reason. I lost a good friend April 15th, 1991. Danny Eckes died in his sleep at the young age of 48. His passing was completely unexpected and is greatly mourned by all who knew him. Denny was a true pioneer and leader of this great hobby. His Den's Collector's Den was one of the first full-time hobby dealerships. He's a man of vision, being one of the first to popularize plastic sheets and affordable reprint sets. He, he and I were partners on the first eight years of annual books under the Sport Americana banner. Partnerships can be difficult, but not with Denny. We never competed against each other. We complemented each other. He was honest, level-headed, dependable, dedicated, and hardworking. His word was his bond. I was proud to be his partner. From the beginning, we were both committed to the hobby. For years, our books of the baseball were not very profitable. We persevered because they deserved to be done. In addition, it was our common belief that someday collectibles, uh, the alphabetical book, football, basketball, hockey, etc., that those other non-baseball books would catch on. Then he was highly principled and had a sort of pragmatic idealism or lofty realism. By that I mean he was not afraid to have big but reachable dreams and to take on big challenges, and he was fearless in tackling whatever hard work it took to meet those challenges and to make those dreams come true. No matter how big the task, it was worth doing. He wanted to do it to the best of his ability. He had a great sense of humor and sometimes gave the impression that he didn't take life so seriously, but he had high standards. In a sense, his legacy includes this magazine and all the other things Beckett Publications is now doing. His influences on me personally and professionally are clear and unmistakable. Fairness. Denny never gave special deals. He would give the same good deal to everyone. He was family-oriented, as was repeated at his funeral. He didn't just talk about family. He gave of himself frequently. Keep it simple. I was a young college professor when I first met Denny. He was always encouraging me to make things simpler, not so complicated. He was right. I'm still working on it. Signed, Jim Beckett, friend of Denny. So he was six and a half years older than me. Uh, that was from 1991, uh, right after he died. Uh, he was uh, an amazing guy. I had... Uh, you know, I had uh, a lot of good friends back in the day, but uh, he was the first guy that came up to me. I actually had five guys that came up to me, and he was the fifth that said, you know, you're doing these price surveys. You really ought to turn that into a book, and I'm the guy that's going to make it happen for you. 
And so the first four guys, I, I said, and the, the, this was, it happened, you know, it would happen like once a month. This was in, you know, 77 and 78. And each guy would say, you know, you do this and then, and then I'll, uh, and they never made it clear what they would do. They said, you do all this work and then we'll take half the credit. It was kind of like that. Denny was the first one that came up and he said, I've got a plan. He said, I have, uh, I own, I've been doing the Sport of Americana checklist book. I have a, uh, a wholesale distributorship. I already have accounts with all these places. So I'm already uh, doing a book. Uh, I have that, uh, that brand, which is meaningful. I also have an IBM composer, uh, so I can do some typesetting. I have a, a paste-up table, which for those of you who uh, remember back in the day, uh, to put together a book, uh, he said, I will do everything that you don't want, uh, either can't or won't do or don't want to do. He said, I will do, we will split 50-50. You just do the pricing and I will take care of everything else. I've, I've got a warehouse. I've got distribution. I will, in effect, he was saying, you be the author and I'll be the publisher. And, um, and it was, uh, it was compelling. I'd say, well, what about this? He said, I'll take care of it. And he did. And so, uh, we actually knocked out three books that first year. Uh, that's how, how smooth things were. Uh, it wasn't just smooth without a lot of work. He was, uh, there, there, there was enough evidence, uh, to convict, uh, both of us of, uh, of being a, of a workaholic. Ironically, I had my heart attack when I was, uh, 47. And so he was, and he was 48 when he passed away, most likely from, from heart failure or something like that. He drank, he smoked. Uh, I don't drink that much and I don't, but he, he drank pretty aggressively at times and, and, and smoked. Uh, but he, and he was a really hard worker. We'd get together, uh, when it, we'd be coming down the home stretch of putting a, a book together and being, being on deadline because he was just like me. If it's a deadline, you, you, you really want to make it. And so, uh, but I'd, I'd, uh, I guess I flew. I, I don't, I don't think I ever drove over to, to Maryland, but I was in Ohio this first few years. And then I, after I moved to Dallas, uh, we still worked together and I'd go up there on the, like the last weekend when the book needed to be delivered to the, to the printer. And we'd, we'd do the finishing touches and the proofreading and, 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 uh, touch-ups. But we'd work through the night. We just work through the night. We work all day, all night, get a couple hours sleep, do it again the next day. And then, then, uh, Sunday evening, I'd jump on a plane and go back to, go back to Dallas. Uh, he was, uh, he was somebody that, uh, he just was his own man. You know, I, we, we were different in a lot of respects, but like I said, the fact that, that he, that we both, we weren't trying to outwork each other. We just both had a certain work ethic to, to get it done. And, uh, we, we, it was the first, the baseball book was an immediate success. We sold 5,000 copies the first day. And that was at the, the Willow Grove show that, the, the Philly show in March of 79. It was just, it, it, we sold, we, we loaded, I, I was, uh, you know, again, that was the, I came up, I did, I did the show as well. I was doing shows over there. So I came over from Bowling Green and we loaded up all the books we could fit into his van, which was 5,000 or so. And he, you know, we trucked him up there and we came back with an empty van. In fact, we could have come back Saturday with an empty van, but we had, we bought, uh, you know, we, 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 we sold out. Uh, later, you know, when I moved to Dallas, we still worked together, but, but not as closely. And, and again, we were just, we were having great success and we'd had some other, uh, we'd, we'd expanded our, our book line and it was all pretty much under the, uh, Sport Americana, uh, title that he had, uh, acquired that brand. But as I got married and was starting, you know, getting more involved in Dallas and I, 
had this uh, desire to start the uh, the magazines, uh, baseball in particular, and I started it not with a Sport Americana brand. I mean, I just I said, Danny, I'm just going to do this. You know, I'm the guy that's doing the pricing, and I want to do that, and you're doing other things. And we we'd done very well, so it wasn't like it, it was very just as amicable. Uh, you know, we basically started on a handshake and ended on a handshake, and then, like I said, seven years later, he he uh, he passed away, and I and I and I miss him. I, I learned an awful lot from him. Uh, I also was, well, we had a division of labor. Like I said, these other four guys that, that were all sharp guys that just said, Hey, let's, let's do a book together. They, they never could lay out what they were going to do. And Danny and I were both kind of task oriented guys. We said, Hey, here's how we're going to accomplish this. And as some of you, again, this is most, most collectors are men, boys and men, but men that, uh, that work side by side together can become good friends. And, and we did. He, he was, uh, he, he was, uh, he was a really hard worker, and so was I. And when he said he was going to do something, he did it. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a say what you mean and do what you say kind of guy, and so was he. So uh, what happened afterwards? Again, another part where Denny was was valuable is that in the uh, as soon as our book came out and it sold five thousand copies that first day, and we were and we were we were uh, and then we had another five thousand copies that sold the next week. We were all of a sudden being approached by national publishers. They said, "Well, this baseball card thing, maybe it's maybe it's a little more uh, uh, maybe there's a little more there than we thought." Again, things were really emerging in those days, and so he and I had to negotiate with some different uh, national publishers, which wound up being uh, a very again. There's a whole bunch more things that too too much to to include just in this tribute to Danny, but we put, we wound up having a, uh, Edgewater books with our, our friend Bill Dodge that was also a collector that had a lot of publishing experience. And so we did a hobby edition, uh, with him, uh, for many years. And then at the same time, we were able to negotiate through, uh, roundabout ways to get published, uh, to bring in Random House, the world's largest publisher, which was just a, a great, great blessing. So we were able to do uh, Random House for our uh, smaller editions, and that got maximum distribution of the smaller size book. And uh, like I said, our our uh, agreement and our uh, parting was uh, clean in the sense that I could, I could go pursue my uh, monthly magazine and other other things that uh, Beckett uh, uh, publications got into with with his blessing and uh, again I miss him he was a good man I remember that just one story about him he was he was um, you know when I met him he was working the show circuit so he was a known quantity we were we were in a lot of the same and all the big shows back in the day there there, there weren't that many and the same guys were there so I saw him and I'd you know he'd be in the hospitality rooms and he was he was a good guy but at some point, and again, there's a statute of limitations on this. At some point, he started wearing his Orioles baseball cap, and he was, you know, a little bit uh, prematurely balding. And so I remember, sometime in the whatever that was, early '80s, he started wearing a baseball cap. And so, and we he played baseball. I played with him, or softball, I guess we play. And, uh, and he was a good player, uh, but he always had his baseball cap on, uh, even even inside. And then about three or four years later, he took off his baseball cap, and he had a full head of hair. I thought, wow. But if you look closely, it was not his hair. But, uh, and he could joke about it, but he didn't, he, he, just like he kept his cap on, he kept his hair on. He was, he was, uh, it was just an interesting thing. It's the first time I really had to deal with. Now, as I'm, now as I'm, uh, balding myself, I'm realizing the wisdom of putting a baseball cap on for a few years and pulling it off. Uh, it, it's hard to all of a sudden have more hair than you had, uh, the, the day before. So I think I'm just stuck with my, 
my uh, follicle uh, challenges. Uh, again, Danny was my buddy. Uh, I think he'd approve of this podcast. I'd love to have him on. He was, uh, he was, uh, uh, had, a, had a great sense of humor and somebody that wanted to uh, be involved in making the hobby absolutely a better place. So, again, if you've got comments or questions about Denny or anything else we've done an episode on, or if you've got somebody that you'd like to see a tribute, whether that's me doing it by myself, which which I, I do have other people that could speak into it, but I just thought I'll, I'll probably have enough that just uh, for me to just uh, uh, honor Denny and uh, what he meant to me and what he meant to the industry would be good. So, but if you've got somebody or something you think would be worthy of an episode, please, uh, please let me know. I'd love to, I mean, this is a podcast that's coming out every day. So I'll, like I say, I've got a thousand episodes to deal with and I wanted to get Denny in, um, in, in, in this first group because he's, uh, he, he, uh, was a, a big part of uh, helping me get where I was. He had business sense where I, whereas I had a lot of, I had a lot of book learning and a lot of uh, book knowledge and, uh, and degrees, but, uh, he, he really showed me how to do, uh, business with integrity. So hats off to Denny, uh, figuratively, literally, and I will be back again tomorrow with another episode. So thanks again, listeners. <laughs>